Welcome to the first episode of Season 4 of Seasons Eatings. This dessert has its origins in three European countries and can be linked to various members of royalty. While it can be enjoyed for particularly any occasion, this dessert is perfect for large gatherings, so it makes sense to have it during the holidays. While it traditionally comes in three flavors, nowadays the combinations are endless. We're exploring the history and origins of Kugelhof. I'm your host, Glenn Warren, and welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So please take a moment and subscribe so we can have other listeners join us at the Christmas table. If you have a quick minute, please leave a review for the podcast. It lets me know how I'm doing as well as helps others find the podcast. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Seasons Eatings can also be found on all the socials. All these links can be found on our website, seasonseatingspodcast.com. And while you're at the site, if you're feeling extra generous this holiday, you can buy me an eggnog. Every donation goes towards the running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. And finally, you can let me know how I'm doing, leave a suggestion for future episodes, or just say hello at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Christmas in Alsace is genuinely magical. This region has had a large influence over Christmas celebrations in France. The Christmas market is a long-standing tradition there. The proximity of Germany gives it a dramatic touch that is much appreciated in France. The setting is perfect. Old half-timbered houses richly decorated, an abundance of fairy lights, classical concerts in local churches, good food and Christmas cookies and gingerbread. All combined to offer an unforgettable, magical experience. The region of Alsace benefits from rich gastronomy, which is much appreciated during the holiday season. One treat that's found in practically every Christmas market in Alsace is the Kugelhof. A Kugelhof is a cake traditionally baked in a distinctive ring pan, similar to a bunt cake, but leavened with baker's yeast. There are three main types, plain with a hint of vanilla and lemon zest, cocoa, and a marbled combination of the two. Dusted with a snowfall of confectioner sugar, preferably just when purchased or just before being served, Kugelhof is said to go with anything at any time of day. Its soothingly neutral flavor, even with a balance of sweet and salt, is as good with morning coffee as with afternoon tea, evening wine, or a midnight beer, or 
at any hour with a shot of icy, clear eau de vie like Kirsch, Mirabelle, or Framboise. It seems particularly right at this season for holiday brunches or between meal snacking. André Soltner, the son of Alsace who cooked his way to fame at Lutèce, said that in olden days a piece of Kugelhof with wine for men and coffee for women was served before the lengthy marriage ceremonies held in churches and synagogues. The bride's mother also baked a Kugelhof for the priest, pastor or rabbi, the mayor and the school teacher, the midwife and the neighbors as tokens of goodwill in case their help was ever needed. What was surprising is that if you talked about Kugelhof with chefs and bakers in Alsace, was that something totally benign could inspire such a heated controversy. First, there's the matter of the spelling, with the last syllable as hoof or hof, preceded by kugel, kugel, or gugel, or in one edition of La Russe's Gastronomique, sugel. The origin is equally in dispute. In English, we call the baking pan that forms this specialty a Turk's head mold, which is a clue. The Kugelhof is as popular in Germany and Austria as it is in Alsace. And one story says it originated in Vienna when the Habsburg forces defeated the Turks at the city's gates. In celebration, Viennese bakers supposedly made a cake in the shape of the Sultan's turban. The Old South German name combines the Middle High German words Gugel, meaning a long pointed hood, derived from Latin Cuculus, meaning a hood or bonnet, and Hoof, which literally means to hop or to jump. The Brothers Grimm wrote that the Hoof may be a reference to the jumping of the dough caused by the yeast. But no firm etymological evidence exists for this. The earliest known Gugelhof recipe is in Marks Rumholtz 1581 cookbook, describes a hat cake with the distinctive shape and ornamentation recommendation, suggesting a similarity or intentional imitation of the shape of a medieval hat. Not so, say Alsatians, who hold another view partly explained in the Lutece cookbook by Mr. Soltner. It seems that the Magi, or the Three Kings, were walking from Bethlehem to Cologne, don't ask why, and were very tired when they got to the hilly wine village of Ribeauville in Alsace. There they received hospitality from a pastry chef, one Mr. Kugel. In appreciation, they later baked a cake in the turban shape and gave it to their benefactor's name. In honor of that event, a fête de Gugelhof is held every June in Rubaville. It must be also noted that the word Kugel in German means a sphere or a ball, which might also have something to do with the name. The presence of the classic baking mold throughout history certainly limits at the cake's age. Archaeologists have found similar baking molds in Roman excavations at Carnuntum, for example, just down the river from Vienna. Versions of the Gugelhof were known in ancient Rome, but it reappeared in our latitudes only in the 15th century. In late medieval Austria, a Gugelhof 
was served at major community events such as weddings and was decorated with flowers, leaves, candles, and seasonal fruits. The name persisted through the Austro-Hungarian Empire, eventually becoming standardized in Viennese cookbooks as a refined rich cake flavored with rose water and almond. Many regional varieties exist, testifying to the widespread popularity of the Gugelhof tradition. This was because the most common form of the Gugelhof requires yeast, which has been used in Europe only since the Middle Ages. The necessary yeast was produced by brewers and distillers and was sold as a byproduct to bakeries. In the 16th century, it spread rapidly and became a well-known specialty that also appeared in the first printed cookbooks, such as Marx Rumpolt's Ein New Cookbook, or A New Cookbook from 1581. Take milk and butter in a pan. Let it boil. Stir in white flour until it becomes thick. Keep it against the fire and coal it. Dry it finely. Take eggs, put in warm water, through the dough in a clean dish and beat one egg in after another, stir it with clean hands, don't make it too thick, and also not too thin. And such a dough can you knead for spraying baked, and to the straben, especially when you take a mug, make a hole in it and draw the dough through hot butter. You can also use it for small baking and big brown baking if you take a small black raisins under it. At the beginning of the 18th century, people were already talking about Gugelhofen, as in an old German meal. Only a hundred years later, in the Viennese Wegenermeister period, the triumphal march of the Gugelhof was unstoppable. You see, the bourgeoisie, politically thrown back into the mental narrowness of its own four walls, increasingly sought comfort and distraction and found them in culinary delights. And so the Gugelhof, together with a hot cup of coffee, became the epitome of Viennese coziness. The defining era, however, for the Gugelhof was not Imperial Rome, but the 19th century, when it migrated from a banal cake to a sort of status symbol served at breakfast or with your mid-morning or mid-afternoon coffee or tea. A big boost to the cake's social credentials allegedly came from the influence of Kaiser Franz Joseph. Scholars associate the reign of Franz Joseph with many great moments in history. The establishment of Austria-Hungary, for example, or the start of the First World War. In the kitchens of Vienna, however, people tend to remember the well-moustached monarch through his connection to such dishes as Kaiser Schmarrn or Tafelspitz. Gugelhof appears to be another food that received a thumbs up from the Kaiser. The actress Katharina Schratt enjoyed a close platonic relationship with Franz Joseph. He regularly visited her home in Vienna or in the country, where, as the story goes, she would serve him Gugelhof, hence the association. True or not, we know that Gugelhof enjoyed particularly popularity during the 1800s, especially in Vienna, and it's from this time that the cake likely inherited a somewhat aristocratic aura that continues today. 
Another possibly more famous person associated with this dessert is Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette, before she was famous for her largesse and extravagant spending habits, like her four-foot-tall hair or the mini farm she had constructed on the grounds of the Versailles so she and her ladies could pretend to be milkmaids, was an Austrian princess born to the Holy Roman Emperor Francis I and Empress Maria Theresa. She was married off to secure an alliance between Austria and France and ended up leaving her native Austria as a teenager to settle into life as the wife of the future king. According to legend, she had introduced a few things to French culture due to homesickness. Things like the Gugelhof. A traditional Gugelhof is made with yeast and includes raisins, almonds, butter, and eggs in a very lightly sweetened dough that gets most of its sweetness from the raisins. Some contemporary recipes call for brushing the finished Gugelhof with a sugar glaze to make it more moist and sweeter but our traditional Gugelhof is simply dusted with confectioner's sugar. A traditional Gugelhof is intended to be on the dry side, as it is a tea cake meant to be served with a hot beverage. Other disputes center on the number of eggs and the amount of sugar and raisins, although most bakers agree that for the driest, smoothest crust and the best textured result, the baking mold should be made of a terracotta glazed only on the inside. Throughout Alsace, souvenir and kitchenware shops display every size and color of Kugelhof mold, the most basic being the plain earthy brown and the fanciest having rich colored glazes and hand-painted flowers and other kitschy decorations. These days, metal molds are widely used, especially because terracotta is so fragile. Whatever the truth about Kugelhof, we know that the real McCoy is much closer to bread than the cake, made with yeast, flour, very little sugar and salt, small amounts of butter, and if it's a rich man's Kugelhof, a few eggs, an expensive ingredient not found in a poor man's Kugelhof. One classic variation, however, is the savory Kugelhof, enhanced with bits of smoky bacon and crunchy walnuts, which is meant to be served with an aperitif. We'll find out the Kugelhof's influence in America after the break. Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. 
Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hi everyone, I'm Dwayne from the Tinsel Tunes podcast. And I have a questionably unhealthy obsession with Christmas, and I love Christmas music. So come with me on a journey as I go into detail about the history and stories behind a wide range of Christmas music. For instance, did you know that Silent Night has the honour of being the most recorded Christmas song of all time? And it has been recorded over 137,000 times by separate artists. Or that White Christmas was actually written in the height of summer. Each song, either recent or a golden oldie, has a background and I want to share them with you. Come join us for our second season and listen at tinseltunes.com. We are on all the main podcast services or you can find us with a simple Google search. Also follow us on all the social networking platforms and I hope to interact with you soon. It's Christmas! Hello, this is Adam from Merry Britsmas. I am a Christmas fanatic from the UK who thinks that the world needs to know more about the traditions, telly and music that helps make a British Christmas really festive. I look at everything from mince pies to Boxing Day to Wham to Slade to the Royal Family to Doctor Who. If you want to find out more about a British Christmas or you are British and want a hit of nostalgia, Check me out at Merry Britsmas. And happy blooming Christmas to you and all. Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. If you are in Alsace and expect a sweeter golden cake when you're trying the Kugelhof, you may actually have to go to Germany because the Austrian-German interpretation adds grated orange and lemon peel, candied fruit, and a hint of vanilla. You do occasionally run across savory versions with meat and cheese folded into the dough, much like a cazzatello, the savory cousin of Italy's panettone. Indeed, many would compare Kugelhof to a panettone, as both are made with a dough enriched with eggs, milk, and butter, and both use a generous amount of dried fruit. But the comparison is not entirely apt. Yes, there are similarities, but panettone needs to be airier and have a more brioche-esque pull to the crumb. I talk about panettone in one of my previous episodes, and I'll put the link to that episode in the show notes. 
Kugelhof typically has a shorter crumb with a texture that may be described as fluffy. Panettone comes in a variety of flavors from plain to chocolate and everything in between, whereas Kugelhof uh, generally comes in one raisin-studded sort, savory types aside, of course. Additionally, Kugelhof is often intentionally served slightly aged as the drier texture soaks up the traditional component of coffee or wine. Panettone is usually served in a fresher state. The Kugelhof is still today an indispensable part of the Viennese family breakfast, especially on Sundays and during the holidays, and the Viennese coffee snack. The Kugelhof without raisins or with marbled or without chocolate icing or a Viennese style with almonds has long since become something like a bourgeois status symbol for prosperity, said Franz Meyer Brook in the 1970s. As mentioned before, if you look at the pan for baking the Gugelhof, you'll notice the similarity to a bunt pan. This is a rounded pan that's shaped like a donut with some decorative ridges and a cone in the middle, and the cone helps heat cook the batter more evenly. So many Americans can recognize a bunt pan or have one at home, but few know that this iconic cake pan created by H. David Dahlquist, founder of the Nordic Ware Company, is rooted in the Minnesota's Jewish immigrant history. The design for the ring-shaped mold came from the pan of the Gugelhof, which was brought to the United States by Jewish immigrants from Europe. Gugelhof pans are made of cast iron or terracotta. Cast iron is obviously more sturdy for packaging if you're traveling over the ocean in a boat, as terracotta would probably break because they're a bit more fragile. But each terracotta pan weighed more than 15 pounds. Jewish immigrants traditionally used them to bake heavy cakes, similar to pound cakes. In the late 1940s in Minneapolis, immigrants lamented not being able to find these pans. Three of them were Rose Joshua, Fanny Shanfeld, and Mary Abrahamson from the Hadassah Society of Minnesota and a Jewish woman's volunteer organization. In 1950, the women approached H. David Dahlquist to create reproductions of the pan the Abrahamson family brought to the United States from Germany. The group intended to use them to bake cakes to sell for a fundraiser. Hadassah held fundraisers to pay for schools and hospitals in Israel. Dahlquist owned a small company called Northland Aluminum Products, later called Nordicware, that manufactured die-cast aluminum Scandinavian kitchen items. He was unsure how successful this old-world cake pan would be in the United States. However, Dahlquist was not in a position to turn down business. Dahlquist created the cast aluminum version of Abrahamson's pan and sold it to department stores. The Hadassah woman decided that selling pans would be a better fundraiser than selling cakes, so Dahlquist gave them imperfect factory seconds. The word bunt comes from the German word bund, which refers to a gathering of people. Dahlquist added the T so he could trademark the name and also avoid being linked with the German-American Bund, a Nazi organization. The pan was relatively unknown until 1966, 
when Ella Rita Helfrich of Houston won second place in the 17th Pillsbury Bake Off contest. She created a recipe for the Tunnel of Fudge Cake, which was made in a bunt pan with only five ingredients, plus Pillsbury dry frosting mix. The cake formed a soft fudge center as it baked. As the recipe became popular, Pillsbury received more than 200,000 letters from consumers asking where they could find a bunt pan. Dalquist's wife, Dottie, spent hours in the kitchen developing recipes for the bunt pan. In October of 1969, David pitched the idea for a line of boxed bunt cake mixes to two Pillsbury executives. Dottie baked the cakes for the pitch, which took place on her husband's boat in Lake Superior. The pitch was well received. In 1971, Pillsbury launched the line of bunt cake mixes that they continued to produce for 15 years. In 1972, Pillsbury and Nordic Ware partnered to offer a promotion. They gave consumers the chance to buy a box of cake mix and a bunt pan together at supermarkets for $1.98. Nordic Ware needed to invest in additional equipment to be able to produce enough pans for the promotion. The investment paid off and helped the business grow. Dalquist said the Pillsbury promotion helped Nordic Ware grow from a small family-owned business into a medium-sized regional manufacturer and even, to some extent, a national manufacturer. Nordic Ware continues to produce bunt pans in the United States, and more than 90% of its products still manufactured in Minneapolis. As of 2016, more than 70 million bunt pans in 100 unique designs have been sold worldwide. So, if you're enjoying the Christmas markets in Alsace, enjoying a nice treat with your morning coffee or afternoon tea, or bringing a bunt cake to that next holiday fundraiser, realize that the Kugelhof was the cake that started it all. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And please, if you can leave a review about the show so you can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how you like the show, suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. And I know we all get busy, so even sharing the podcast with someone you know who loves Christmas would be a big help. And if you're feeling extra generous this holiday season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to seasonseatingspodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Seasons Eatings also has great items for you or your loved ones for the holiday season. So head on over to seasonseatings.com, click on the merchandise tab, and find your next great gift. I'm your host, Glenn Warren. Thank you for listening, and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is also part of the Christmas Podcast Network. Whatever interest you have with the holidays, there's probably a podcast out there covering that topic. You can find Seasons Eatings with all the other podcasts at christmaspodcasts.com. Drop on by to find your next podcast addiction.
All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license.